0: I've been talking about Hoffman Boots for a very long time. You guys know that I'm a huge fan of this company, and it's not just the great products that they make. It's the story behind the company and the people that run it. This generational family of shoemakers right here in North Idaho makes some of the best hunting boots and pack boots and lineman boots and all your boot needs right in one place at HoffmanBoots.com. For us hunters, I highly recommend the Explorer, and I don't care if you're running in the 6-inch or the 8-inch or the 10-inch. Personally, I I love my 8-inch Explorers. They've got the Vibram sole. They are totally waterproof. There's no break-in period. Guys, you can't go wrong with Hoffman Boots because you get all that without breaking the bank. So check them out at hoffmanboots.com and use promo code huntsman 10 at checkout for 10% off and find out why I have been wearing my Hoffman boots for years and years. Don't be one of those people that have it in their mind that Savage Arms is the same firearms that your grandpa was running around with 40 years ago. It's not. Big game hunting rifles that you can count on. I love my Savage firearms. I have got the Savage 110 Hunter uh, and my daughter is uh, pretty happy with this 110, 110 Apex Hunter XP. Um, the Trigger is a really interesting little piece to this firearm. And it's a new piece of technology that uh, if you've never tried one, you should. Because it'll make you more accurate. It's, it's a much easier, higher quality firearm than anything else I've got out there. And I've, I've got a lot of firearms, guys. And so if you're in the market for a new hunting rifle make sure you visit SavageArms.com because I promise you you're going to find something that is accurate, easy to handle, easy to use, long-range, functional, just a high-quality weapon that you could take to the field and have a lot of confidence that when the time comes, you've got that Savage backing you up, and you're going to be notching a tag. Check it out. SavageArms.com. Let them know the Western Huntsman sent you. Thanks, guys. to the Western Huntsman podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Western Huntsman Podcast. This is Jim Huntsman, your host, coming at you from the Broken Tines Studio, and brought to you by Eastman's Hunting Journals. Super happy uh, you guys are tuning in this week because I've uh, I've got a good one for you. Um, and uh, he's a returned guest, by the way. So we're gonna we're gonna take a little trip back to Alaska to my good friend Adam Grinda who agreed to join me and has been bearing with me for 25 minutes straight trying to deal with these audio issues uh, cuz I'm still an idiot with this kind of shit but we're going to we're going to get it dialed in and figured out. So Adam, welcome to the show, brother. I appreciate you joining me, man.
1: Hey dude, thanks for having me. I really I really appreciate you having me back on.
0: I uh again, man, I am sorry about all the uh between trying Zoom and now we're trying it over the phone. We're going to see how this works out, dude. <laughs>
1: Yeah, deal. I mean you're full on retarded about the the computer stuff, and I don't help at all. So between <laughs> me and you, maybe that maybe that should be recorded. That's pretty funny.
0: It, it probably was. All the, I I dropped th- th- I don't know what thirty f bombs in the meantime trying to figure this thing out. But it's it's like it's like this miracle from God that I'm able to even figure out how to record a podcast on a digital file. Put it all together and get it out into the interwebs. I'm telling you right now. Like I can't believe I'm I'm that technical, I can even do that. <laughs> Look at you go, buddy. <laughs> Magic. So how are things, man?
1: Good, just kinda of like we talked about before. I'm just like, man. Seems like life's always crazy busy. You know, I was uh our last one was I mean, coming up on a year ago. Yeah. And my summer was nuts. My wife runs retreats and so she's got girls that come up here for weeks at a time to hang out with her and live like a homeless person. She did two of those in a week of the crack. I did two family retreats where we kind of fish and camped and partied all over Alaska with two different families. So that kind of wiped out my whole summer, meaning like June and July because then uh-huh. August hits and that's hunting season for here. Um, I shot the biggest tall sheep I'll probably ever see in my entire life so it was pretty it was pretty insane yeah i called the albino bighorn because i'll send you the picture when we're done um my buddy's got both sets of horns my bighorn it was 181 and the stall sheep was 169 the all-time boned Crocketts 170 for a all sheep, and it's the hardest animal statistically to put into the book so obviously didn't quite make it but i mean really close right just a yeah. whopper um and I'm not even a super duper sheep hunter. Like guys are way into it. They don't hunt moose They're just sheep freaks.
0: Yeah. I That's know, not man. me. Yeah. Me neither.
1: Um, but a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. And then, um, yeah, it was awesome. Started out moose season with, uh, my daughter wanting to go. And I feel kind of like a shitty dad. I'm like, God, I want to go and get a moose. And it's like, Let's at your seven-year-old saying, "Let's go Elkhart North Idaho." Like that's gonna suck, right? <laughs> yeah. I want to start out. I want to start out a little slow with something that's. I mean, we would be successful, but like it hurts. It hurts oh, yeah. a lot. So I start with a caribou or black bear, but my my oldest daughter Julia wanted to get a moose. So I'm like, okay, let's go. We got a, a short two day window for it's gonna get windy. I hate going when it's windy because I just worry. And long story short, shoots a 73 inch moose. Uh, gross was like 254. I'll probably never shoot a moose that big in my life. I mean, it is gigantic. Is that the Lord.
0: one, Adam, that you're, I'm on your Instagram here. Is that the one where she's standing with you? You're holding
1: those that, that big rack up? Yeah, that big fucking colossal dinosaur. Jeez, yeah, that's that. man.
0: That thing is freaking. Yeah. And I I know what you mean. Uh, like, my whole season this last year was dedicated to my girls, between bear and elk and, and deer. And so, like, my season, you know, it sucked for my end. If I'm being like selfish, but man, it was super fulfilling because I took them out and we, you know, uh, we had a great season. The girls did. I didn't tag, I didn't tag out shit. I, I, I killed a little buck. That was it. You know, but all year I just had the girls out. And so I'm, I'm this year, I'm trying to figure out how to balance that. How old's your daughter, man? 15. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, man. I'm going to, sh- I'm going to send that. I, my daughter's turning 15, uh, next month. I'm going to send this picture to her. This, uh, of that moose. Like, check this out, because we're always threatening to move to Alaska. Here's why.
1: <laughs> yeah, 100%. And I understand the selfish part. It's hard. We want to hunt do stuff. We want to get our kids involved. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a balancing act of doing doing it all, you know.
0: And for those of you listening that don't know, what Adam's talking about when he's saying, you know, I don't, I don't want to go out when it's super windy, he's one of those crazy sons of bitches that gets in this little airplane and flies all over Alaska to hunt. And so if it's windy, that's that's pretty bad conditions. Yeah, you want to tell everybody about how, how you do that? Because you land and take off and get into some crazy areas. And it's like sketchy in my mind. Uh, but I love following I love following you to watch uh you do this because it's it's cool.
1: Well, it's always sketchy if little bit. So you can't find like a bit. <laughs> that's what I tell people. <laughs> but that comes with thousands of hours of screwing up. And building your skill set, and you know when you when you do something a lot, I don't care what it is, dude, you get good at it. And I fly a lot. Like yeah, since May since May first last May first last year, I got a new motor in, and I've put I'm at like 283 hours on it right now.
0: That's a since lot. Since
1: May first, a lot of oh, that's a shitload of time. I'll I'll do probably 350 by May first. Um, that's a lot. You know I spent forty six grand in out of gas alone last year, so that when you mix a high performance airplane that's really souped up, it's got all the good shit on it, and then you take a guy that's got thousands of hours and you're you're taking the optimal performance of a machine and the optimal performance of a pilot, and you pick the right weather scenario, you can go to places that are pretty good and I mean the airplane with no wind i can land and take off 200 feet if it's blowing 10 or 15 miles an hour it's like 100 feet yeah that's if there's not a bunch of stuff in it you know you got to put weight in there to get moose out and different things like that but yeah there's long story short i live in alaska there's no roads up here there's three roads or some are really big but there's not a lot of access anywhere so the whole idea of like hunting out of a truck that doesn't happen like i'm in an airplane three to four hundred hours a year i'm in a vehicle maybe a hundred so I'm very comfortable being in that tiny little super cub. It's my office and I just crawl in there and I'm right at home and I just, you know, put some Katy Perry on or one of your podcasts and I just start cruising a couple hundred feet above the ground and go party.
0: You know what and what I like about having you on, man, and talking to you is like this is not what you grew up doing. You you grew up in my neck of the woods in North Idaho. Now I don't know if you know this dude, but since we talked last time I actually ended up moving uh, about 10 minutes down the road and I'm in Montana now, we got a hell of a deal on a homestead and the lady we bought it from, uh, grew up on a homestead in Alaska. Uh, and just, I mean, this lady is incredible, man, that like she went chasing a bear off the, a grizzly bear here in Montana, off her chickens, uh, with a broom. Like I wouldn't do that. She went running out there and chased it off the chickens with a broom and you know she's like seventy eight years old, uh, but it's because of that that grit. She's like got this gritty personality from growing up in Alaska and in super remote country, kind of like where you live. Because I remember I asked her, and I remember uh, I, I remember roughly where you live, and it, it wasn't super far. I, I want to say it's like within one hundred and fifty miles, which in Alaska that's not far. And so um, I, I just I, I can't remember exactly where she said to tell you. But anyway, going back to what I was saying, you know, you're you're a North Idaho kid, growing up and and hunt, you hunted all these mountains around me and and did that whole hunt from a truck situation and and now you're you're living the way you live now. Tell in fact in case somebody doesn't know who you are and and what your background. Tell everybody kind of how you live and and, and what you do.
1: Oh, you don't need to sit on the freaking soapbox or what, dude?
0: Like, not, not like a big soapbox, dude, but just kind of give us a like, like, bird's eye view.
1: Man, I'm just a regular dude. I grew up in Post Falls, Idaho. I um, first time I remember going hunting with my dad, I was three, and I saw him smoke a deer, and I just thought that was, I was bloodthirsty. And I don't think our culture today, and we can probably circle back. But the administration would say to this but i don't think there's a lot of kids these days even with my kids they're not bloodthirsty like when it was when it was a question to me and my dad like Do you want to go and i was like i couldn't put my shit on fast enough three in the morning wake up i'll be in the truck ready to roll yeah you know hunting or fishing unfortunately my kids really don't have that so i was bloodthirsty at a young age um got a truck in high school had a job and uh bag groceries Albertsons over in Liberty Lake and uh just to, enough to buy gas to just that's before like phones. I didn't have I had like a flip phone, but I mean you had to have a forest service map and know how to read a map or you're gonna get lost. Oh yeah. And I drove everywhere over North Ida, like the Bunco, the quarter lanes, Fourth July Path, all that stuff, all that's a Just exploring. It was so cool to have wheels and do that and learn stuff and we had a lot of gated road and country, but North Idaho sucks to hunt, dude. I'll just tell you right now, it's awful. Because hunting, you have to see the animal to get it. North Idaho has a lot of timber. And everyone's like, oh, it's really pretty. Yeah, it's great and pretty when you drive in. There's a lot of trees. There's a shitload of trees. But those trees hide a lot of animals. Um, so it's difficult. Yeah. Um, Very. Love love to fish. Like a ton. I would sit out at Hauser Lake with power bait. And my dad's like, dude, you need to come home. It's been 12 hours. And I kind of got it in through a guy my dad knew to go up and work in Alaska when I was 17. Was a little camp helper dude and I got my foot in Alaska and I came back and I said, man, I want to be a bush pilot in my next life. My dad's like, you could still do that. I took an intro flight of how to fly airplanes where they throw you in the left seat with a little Cessna 172 and I was pretty good at it. A lot of shit going on but it was pretty good. And then nine months later, I have a flight instructor rating, a commercial pilot license, a float plane rating, and I'm going back to Alaska to guide. And over the next, oh, I don't know. That was when I was 18 over the next couple of years, I just started to build experience as a fishing guide. And then I was a pilot for flying float planes out of really high end resorts, lodges, air taxi work, um, flying all over the state and then worked in North Dakota, oil fields in Williston. Um, when I wasn't flying in Alaska and then a federal job team up in King Salmon. So I went to work for the national park service. um, and did that for five years and then quit because I didn't like the federal government when I went in. I I just, I kind of have a problem with authority, like being told what to do. I wasn't a very good kid. That's why we I get, get along, brother. Yeah, I just get beat a lot. And the thought of having a boss just never really sat right with me. Um, but I didn't think I was the guy to own my own business to be an entrepreneur or anything like that. It was just like you have a job, you go to work, you get vacation time, you ask your boss for hunting days off, and that's life. And I kind of shifted the mindset, quit the job. And now I have a dime piece of wife. I got five adopted kids. I just picked up another baby boy in foster care. So I have a 10-month-old oh, baby boy. Yeah, I currently have six kids. Put my heart out there again. Um, even oh, though I didn't I know that, cold. man. Congrats. Yeah, he's super cute. And he's a boy because we got a lot of girls. Um, girls are still outnumbered. So I married a super, super smoke show of a wife. Uh, she has a redhead, so she can't get crazy from time to time, but I do love her. I try not to make direct eye contact. Um, and <laughs> she makes good money. She wants to live in the middle of nowhere. She runs online fitness, health training business, and a bunch of different stuff. And now I don't really have like a job, per se. I do a lot of different things to make money, and I make way more than I did at the feds. But I am an entrepreneur, and I do a lot of different things, and I can go hunting
0: Good for you, man. I'm, I remember the, the first time I had you on the show, uh, it was kind of new, you know, you just left the, uh, the forest service, um, and, and this was all kind of new. So
1: that's, park or park service. Get so, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it right. Forest service sucks. <laughs> park service. It's it's full of hippies, dude. I did not fit in. Yeah, I know.
0: All. I, I, I know. And, and so, and it, I, that's, a, that's always a question I ask. And, and by the way, everybody listening, um. Adams with uh, my my pal Tom Schneider over at stuck in the rut. Uh, these guys, these guys, and, and everybody your your wife's involved in stuck in the rut. Uh, is it is it your brother and brother in law, other other brother in law, that's with stuck in the rut? I always like confuse that one.
1: Yeah, Travis. Travis. So it's Travis is the oldest. Tom's below him, Tana, and then Trevor. Uh, Travis started stuck in the rut in 2010. All I did was just marry into it. And then all, literally all I brought to the table, cause I wasn't a big hunter. I was big into like crown Royal and Keystone light. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I had this plan. I'm like, I'm going to move to Alaska and buy a super cub. And they're like, sure, you can marry our sister. Go for it. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of how I got into stuck in the rut. And I just married into it. And now I get a lot of footage and I do a lot of the flying.
0: Yeah, man. And it, it's awesome stuff. And I, I mean, in full disclosure, I have not poked around the stuck in the rut YouTube for, um, for a while uh and and i need to i need to jump back on there and check it out i just you know it's not it's not stuck in a ruts it's everybody's i haven't i haven't watched like people's hunting videos for a long time i was like addicted to these things for the longest time i even tried to make my own but all it does is screw up my hunts so i don't do it anymore but (laughs) um
1: yeah it's what, very difficult.
0: What is it, man? I it like without getting super philosophical, what is it about like dudes like you and and I'm I'm the same way as you are. Um maybe we didn't know we had this entrepreneur mindset. All we knew is we kind of had authority problems. And and like what is it about guys like us where that comes from because I like dude, I Actually, I'm not even going to go there at this point because I'm, I'm working on another thing with that particular person. But, like, I had a boss that would call me incessantly and bitch me out on my voicemail because I didn't change my voicemail to say the company name. And that was it for me, dude. Like, I, I, I was done. Nope. Not working for anybody. No, Nobody calls me and tells me how my voicemail has to sound. You know what I mean? And and I don't know oh, if. I, I, what, where does that do you like? Do you ever think about, like, where does that come from? because i've always been this way
1: are you still doing the roof thing though the
0: roof estimates uh yeah so i kind of i i basically work for myself now uh i started my own company and and uh i i do i do that uh, i've been i've been doing it for a while but i i haven't made it like super well known um just because i i was you know it, it's complicated let, let me put it to you that way Uh, but yeah, no, I work, I work for myself basically.
1: Okay. Okay. So to answer a question, um, I don't know, I was a three-year-old kid. My dad would say, don't go kick the dog. I'd walk over there, look at my dad, smile, kick the dog. I knew my ass was getting beat. I'm like, I'm going to do what I want to do. So I think my wife calls that stubbornness. Um, she also does some personality tests. I don't know if they're called like Enneagram. She's like, Oh, I'm an Enneagram, whatever. And they associate a number, but I just explained this to a kid because the kid looked at my Instagram and I try to get back to people on Instagram. I want to, if people actually take the time to write me something, I want to get back to them. Don't send me a fucking reel. I'm not going to watch it. Um, I know, right? I get uh, a bunch of
0: those. I got hundreds hundreds. of them and I have to, I have to click on it just to get it out of the notification thing on on, my DMs.
1: Yeah. Sorry to get too petty there, but yeah kid after the dude you have a killer life and stuff like this how to do i sent a few voice so, memos but what i started with is my dad raised me that like the saying of like there's a big difference between talking and doing and everyone runs their mouth and says "Oh, i'm gonna move to alaska oh i'm gonna go moose hunting or i'm gonna buy a super cub and learn to fly it i'm like dude i sure hope you do right but it's a lot easier to sit here and run your mouth and tell me you're gonna do all this shit to actually pony up get scared. It's scary learning how to fly an airplane. You can easily, easily kill yourself. Any yeah. Moment. Um, and yeah. Uh, and when that's when you're learning, right. I mean, I guess anytime you could die, but it's like running a chainsaw with no experience. Like, a sh- this is a fatal you tool. Kill
0: yourself in a Chevy learning how to drive. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. Um, Just real steep learning curve in an airplane. Um, And so there's a lot of talking that goes around this world. Everyone wants to talk. Everyone wants to look cool, especially on the fake bullshit of Instagram. And I don't want to be, and I've never been the kind of guy to talk. I want to be the guy that shows up and just, here's a picture. I did this, you know, Yeah. and yeah. Proof's, in the, proof's in the pudding. You just show up and just, there it is. Um, back to the boss thing, it just never sat right with me that I trade time for money. And part of being an entrepreneur is you don't trade time for money. I don't go and work for $46 an hour, which sounds like a lot. I think shit in Alaska, right? When I'm flying a $600,000 airplane. Well, keeping the people whole, alive. yeah,
0: Biden economics, man, it ain't a lot in Post Falls, Idaho, either.
1: No, not at all. Um, so, yeah, I made, I don't know, 46 bucks an hour flying to the feds. I just, it didn't sit well with me that I had a Super Cub, had my dream wife. I didn't have kids at the time when I was doing this. And I'd have to go into my boss, which is a really good boss. And I've told the story in a lot of podcasts, but it's relevant. And I'd have to ask him for time off. And he'd go look at the flight calendar. And some people plan their flights like a, almost a year in advance. And he's like, oh, actually, we got something, you know, August 8th to the 13th. So you're not going to be able to leave for the opener sheep season or August 10th. And I'm just like, oh,
0: oh, man. well, Thank do
1: you. I need to come five years in advance to plan my sheep hunting? I'm like, I moved to Alaska to hunt. And then if I ever drew anything, it was very conflicting because I had to put all this stuff out. Um, so my calendar's blocked out. And I'd get like two, maybe three full weeks off a year, which is a lot of hunting, right? Mm-hmm. And I burn all of the heat for the hunting, but it, it, it never sat with me, dude. And I just started to get better at work. And after COVID, everything changed. I wasn't flying. My wife's like, why don't you just quit? You're going to be Joe Biden's little bitch your whole life. <laughs> Literally said the <laughs> verbatim. That's a bless her heart. I like your, your life, like, dude. Uh, she sparked something in me, and it was like, uh, they, it was like just it was growing. She planted the seed, and it was just growing inside of me. And I just like, man, freaking bitch, pissed me off. But she, she kind of <laughs> got a point, you know? I got a point, man. I and I was go ahead. What go do ahead, I Mike. do? And so I I finally talked to a couple buddies, like Ben, my buddy Shed Crazy as he goes by, and a couple others. Yeah. Most people said, "Don't do it. You got the Fed job. You're you're going to retire. It's going to be awesome. This and that." And I'm just like. I'm not going to count on the federal government for my well-being and prosperity. So fuck them. I'm out. Yeah. I, I don't know that
0: the sentence working for the government and prosperity can like go together unless you are like Nancy Pelosi and, and, or, or any other politician that gets bought off, they prosper, but, but the rest of us don't. Yeah, And, and, you know, I don't know what it is, man. Like I've always like you, I, I remember I had this job at this taco place. It was it was like taco maker or some shit. I don't remember. I was in I, I was 16 or 17 years old, and I remember I, like a month and a half before deer season, I, re, I I went to my boss and requested the time off. And this lady was one of those real power trippy ladies that was like she just wanted to she she could have worked that out, but she just wanted to hear herself say no. So she denied me the opening weekend of deer season off. So I fucking quit and, and like, I've always had, that boy. Kind of, yes, sir. And, uh, that's exactly what, and I quit like two days before. So she had to get her ass in there over the weekend and work over the weekend to cover me because, and I warned her, I would do that. Uh, cause I, I asked her if she'd change her mind, if I could have the weekend off, she still said no. So I said, fuck you, I'm going deer hunting. But anyway, that <laughs> I I remember like, like it wasn't the fact, like she didn't give me a reason if she had, like, this big reason and and would would have been, like, nice about it and talked to me and, hey, I really need you, you know, and I don't have anybody else, it would have been different. But she was just like, no, you can't have that weekend off. And that, that, that telling somebody telling me that, that, like, I, I felt like even though I was a teenager, I felt like I was this unliberated man. And so anyway, everybody's like, you got an authority problem. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to join the Marines. that has been my lifelong dream. So I go join the Marines and everybody's like, well, I don't know how that's going to work. You you don't like authority, blah, blah, blah. Which, by the way, man, Adam, I, I want everybody to hear me that you dickheads out there that say, oh, I would have joined the Marines, but I would have punched a drone instructor in the face. Bitch, you'd still be wearing your ass as a hat. You don't don't give me that excuse. I hate hearing that. And all Marines, by the way, I'm doing this as a public service. Don't embarrass yourself to anybody that has been in the service by saying you didn't join because you would have punched your drill instructor because we all laugh at you. You're a pussy. Anyways. Yep. I agree. Getting back. um, I joined the Marines and it's interesting when you're in the service, man, like I didn't have that much of an authority problem. I still hated being told what to do and all that kind of stuff. That's why I didn't make a career out of it. But I thought it would like fix that. You know what I mean? And and it, it didn't. It actually made it worse. So at the older I've gotten... I, I I have zero tolerance for bosses. I have zero tolerance for for people telling me that they can dictate my life and control my life. I have zero like zero tolerance for the government and politicians who think that they know better than I do about how my life should go and what I should pay out of my income and and all this stuff that kind of just builds up and how I need to pay taxes to save the environment. You know, I'm sorry. No. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pay taxes because you think you're gonna take that money and pay for like Ukraine or illegal immigrants, and and that's somehow saving the environment. Kiss my ass. You can tell I'm pretty Taxation fired up Station is
1: Seth. That's a plug for my buddy Jordan Curry in North Idaho. It's Taxation it's true. is Seth. What'd you say his name was? Jordan Curry went to high school with him. He's a that MMA name? fighter. It sounds well, he, got, he got back into MMA fighting. Yeah, I think he did some real estate, Airbnbs and stuff, but yeah, that's like, I'm pretty sure he's got it as like a tram stamp, like taxation is theft. And my wife said it the other day, cause we're currently doing taxes and it's just like, it is, do, taxation, I need to buy, do I need to buy an airplane for taxation, a ride off Yeah,
0: seriously, taxation is theft, man. And, and like, I, I, I wouldn't care if everybody paid like an equal amount, you know, like, like, le- like a little amount, not everybody pays, like, I get almost a 40% chunk taken out of my ass, man, and, and I am sorry. That is ludicrous. That is freaking stinking ludicrous. There's no excuse for it, and I see the way the government spends my tax dollars, and they think that I'm supposed to be okay with that? Like, uh, anyway, we're going
1: down a total. I was rate. the guy spending those tax dollars, and that's what didn't really, it finally was like the end the end of the line for me at the fed well yeah and but I saw Adam, how much money was
0: that that is what taxes are for though to pay our forest service employees to pay our, our 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 parks employees to to pay all these federal services that that actually serve the community in a in a positive way not to pay some epa agent uh 80 grand a year to go tell a farmer what field he can or can't plow or how much rain water mm-hmm. he can collect. And, and instead, our tax money goes to, did you know? I, I don't even know. I'm just going to quote it. I uh, Again, I, I get fired up, man, and I'm fired up tonight for some reason. I, I, probably because it's Friday night. But, uh, like, did you know that we've had more illegal immigrants? Cross our border in the last ninety days than the entirety of the population of the state of Wyoming. Chew on that for a minute. Like, who's paying for that? Who's paying for that? And that's what they're taxing us for. That kind of stuff, and and these bullshit prerogatives that the government comes up to that we're paying for to to find out if if uh, bullfrogs in Mississippi get horny over a certain sound. I'm sorry. I, I I'm just man. I'm so over it. I I'm I'm just over it, dude.
1: Yeah. Anyway, let's. Yeah, yeah I agree. I don't know how we got down that freaking rabbit hole. Um, I think you originally started talking to me about like hunting in Alaska, like how I go about, um, getting from point yeah. A to point B, and then I started talking. Yeah. Flying.
0: <laughs> That's how we roll on the Western was, Huntsman, man. Sorry about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm a no-notes kind of guy. I just did another podcast last week. That's what I said. I'm like, dude, I'm a no-notes. But anyways, yeah, there's minimal roads in Alaska. Got a super cab. Uh, I fly myself in. I'm not an outfitter. I'm not a guide. I'm not an air taxi. I'm not a transporter. No, you can't go with me, so don't ask. I take really close friends of mine, which is a very, very small circle, and family, and my kids. And that is a priority. My kids are number one priority. And they want to go with me more and stuff. But yeah, I had a killer hunting season. I'm trapping right now, so the airplane's on skis, which are straight skis, um, and basically just a big snowboard that straps onto the axle yep. and has a couple of cables that limit the travel. And they're kick-ass. You just you, it sucks to maneuver on the ground. It sucks to turn around. They don't have any brakes. Um, there's not any good like cushion to them, like those big Tundra tires I ran. But you can land places you'd never land ever because it's frozen swamp and lakes and all kinds of stuff. And I'm trapping right now and it's like forty one degrees and raining and our snow is melting off my airstrip. Like, oh
0: man, really? Really, really? So you guys tough. are going through that too, huh?
1: Yeah, and where I live is like kind of a temperate climate in Alaska, of southwest Alaska, and so it happens. I got some little snow coming Saturday and then I'm gonna go check my traps, I think Sunday. Um, and yeah, I think we'll probably get some more snow in March. I try not to panic. I've taken off like on wet morning dew on the frozen grass before with these snowboards and just lay the whip to it and give her the onion and she'll go. And then I came back, picked up all my traps, picked up a shitload of Wolverine and landed on the grass. And, uh, yeah, that was a little interesting, but it made it work, you know, but to make the always,
0: I've always wondered, Adam, when... Like you, you look at those. What do you call those? The the skis. Yeah. So when when you attach those, because I I just assume it's like this thing where where it's like my tractor attachments. I have all these tractor attachments. I I pull some pins, and I I you know swap something out. Is is, is that what it's like on a on a plane? You just kind of swap those out, right? And you mentioned.
1: I mean, go ahead. Pretty much, you have a gear leg that comes down. It looks like an A arm off a rig, right? And uh-huh. then it's got. Inch and a half diameter axle that's like six inches long, and the end of that is threaded, and it's got hole a hole through it for uh, like a castle uh, nut that you run a cotter key through. You know, because any any pivoting any pivoting any pivoting action isn't going to have a solid nut. It's going to have a cotter key because that is allowed to let that only have so much uh, so much torque and to still pivot and roll. So basically, you lift the airplane up when I got a hoist in hanger hangar um, with a lifting bar and you spin that axle nut off you pull the tire off the ski is basically 18 inches wide by six feet long metal and then i have and then it's got that uhmw quarter inch like plastic on the bottom you know really tough stuff yeah yeah. um and all all counter screws and you just slip that it's got a hole through a little pedestal that comes up right in the middle it's all just one piece of aluminum that slips on. You spin that nut back on with a big washer, and you put a counter key in it, and you roll. There's obviously other shit that goes on, but yeah, it's yeah. pretty quick. I that's
0: guess. like that's like the bases. Okay, so uh, the the question I would have with that because I always wonder about this when you like see a, you know you see a regular Cessna 172 up there. It's got it, it's got its wheels and all that kind of stuff, and they're flying. And then you see these planes transition to like uh, either lake mode where they put the pontoons on them. Have, have you and. Side question: Have you flown with the pontoons before?
1: Well, for one, let's get your shit straight. You gotta say floats, or you sound like a queer. Okay. Oh well. So pontoons pontoons make you sound like a total rookie. But you're gonna be good at the end of this. <laughs> um, yeah, I got I don't know a couple thousand.
0: Did you say I sound like a sound. queer? Is that what you
1: said? <laughs> no, I I said you would sound like a queer if you oh. kept saying pontoon. But now
0: I'm now uh, now I've been educated. So so you call them
1: floats? Floats. Yeah. Okay. And I don't have floats for my cub, and I've flown a lot of work planes, a lot of other people's planes, and I used to do that for a job every single day. Lots of float planes up here because there's a shit little water in the summer, and you can go a lot of places.
0: Okay, so my question is, when when I uh, again, total layman, I I mean, I called the floats uh, pontoons, you know that that's how that's how much I don't
1: know. You're not a queer.
0: No 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 no. I, I I I I but but from a layman's standpoint when I look at that and and I look at the skis versus the wheels, right? And we're we're talking, you know, like these cubs and the uh you know, the, these little Cessna 172s or whatever. Does it change not on the ground, but when you're when you're in flight? Like those big skis seem like they have a lot of drag or something. And so do those floats. Does it, does it change the way you have to fly, and, and is it, like, a totally different skill set, or is it, like, not that different?
1: No. There'll be a little speed difference, but, I mean, an airplane's an airplane. It's got a wing, it's got kind of a prop, and there's aerodynamic principles that apply, and they'll still apply no matter what configuration you're in, whether it's wheels, floats, or skis. The real shit that matters is how you fly them, like water on floats. A lot of people don't know this, you another, don't have any shocks or suspension. The water is supposed to give, but when you're trying to land a five thousand pound beaver in a three foot swell, it it gets pretty rough. You can break stuff, I know a guy, personally, from experience. Um, and, say, the, what, and the skis, like I said, they're just you, no you break and
0: then, break what? Stuff on the plane or like are you talking about breaking a bone?
1: No, I mean it'll jatter your teeth. I mean, Okay, so you got a three-foot swell, right? And the swell is not in fast succession, so they're kind of long and drawn out, and then you're trying to land a 5,000 or a 5,600-pound max gross beaver into the swell to take guys to go fishing, and the weather sucks, and you can't really read the water, and you don't think the waves are that big, and you go in there, and you can actually go in there and, like, put a wrinkle in a float because there's no shock absorption, and so you're supposed to be, you know, Supposed to, yeah. You're supposed to not land and shit that big. Interesting.
0: Um, I, I've just, I know. have weird curiosities, man. I, it, you know, I've, I've seen these planes flying around with these uh, skis on them and stuff, and I'm like, man, it looks like that would because when you look at the ski, right, it it looks to be like one of the flaps or something. Like it could really catch some wind. And, and so, I, again, I just have weird curiosities. I'm super ignorant when it comes to flying single engine plane well hell any plane uh but it's it's just always been like uh one of those one of those interests you know it's like man it'd be cool if uh, like adam has so much freedom because he could fly and and it it just allows That's you to awesome. yeah like like talk about that for a minute adam like what what's the different like you grew up driving around these logging roads of north idaho and and but but now you're in Alaska where the it's way bigger country it's way more of like this diversified country with with the different species to hunt and different it's just totally different right and and you've got a plane to be able to access what's what's like the biggest difference between that and just hunting on these old logging roads in North Idaho
1: um I guess a couple things it's the ultimate level of freedom a super cub is A lot of people have said, and I would agree, the closest thing you can get to strapping on two wings to your body, it's a small cabin. I'm 6'2", 260, you know, and it's like almost touching me on the shoulders and the co-pilot sits right behind you, you a passenger or whatever. Um, You go slow. You get to observe God's country. It's awesome. They land in some really awesome places. Uh, There's no roads up here, so you need an airplane to access places. I don't want to rely on anyone else. I want to rely on myself and my own Knowledge and my machine and my set of tools to get me out of a bad situation if I need to. Um, and there's a lot of people that think, oh, it's unethical. You you looked for moose before you landed in said Valley, or you flew around and you know like there's just the ethics police all over there. And Alaska is so big. I don't know many pilots or many people that fly in that aren't pilots, but just hire an air taxi and fly in that don't look out the window. Because there's a such, there's so many millions and millions of acres up here. I would want my pilot.
0: I would want my pilot to look out the window.
1: <laughs> I, no, I'm saying look out the window for game. You know. No, I know, but you guys,
0: you you can Is isn't the law? And I don't know if this is a state or federal thing, but isn't the law like you can't hunt the same day you fly?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a law. And I've had people accuse me, I don't do that. I'm like, man, if I, they call it the same day airborne rule. If I same day airborne moose, because that's what I've gotten before from people, um, I would have a couple 80 inchers. Okay. But I don't. It's not worth it. It's kind of, it's a coward move, I think. It doesn't give the animal a fair chance. These are guys saying, oh, you flew into a drainage and you looked around and you saw there was bull moose in there. Then you landed and you hunted for a week. And you may have shot one the next day. That rarely happens. It's hard, really hard. Moose move a lot, just like elk. And um yeah, so it allows you to have an aerial perspective to put yourself in the game rich environments. I don't hunt where there's not there's not game and there's not sign. Right? If I go and there's no tracks, there's no like in a shallow lake that's two feet deep. You can see where the moose have walked across in the last six months. If there's no fresh moose tracks walking across that, or there's no um moose sign or like um, cows around in this creek drainage and I'm looking up on the hills and I don't see any fresh shed out bulls and it's like 7 o'clock at night. It's like, well, why would I hunt here? There could be a bull that strolls into here, but let's go to a place that's got a shitload of cows. Right? Yeah. Just like you in August. You want to find a place that has no cow elk? I'm like, well this basin could pull in one lone stro- uh, rolling uh, bull elk and he might come through here looking for cows and if I have my super duper hoochie mama, I might be able to force in in and shoot him. Right? Or would you go to a place that's loaded with feet, got a bunch of cattle? Well, you know, the, I love the hoochie so, mama reference, man. We've <laughs> all used them, right? Yeah, I know. All have.
0: I know. Yeah, I spent way too much time. Oh. Li- my 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 cousin Andrew dropped one on a mountain one time. We were hunting. This is years ago. It's way too much time going back to that mountain to try to find that damn hoochie mama.
1: <laughs> yeah. But so, in retrospect, the airplane. It makes you feel super, super free. I can leave. Like, I'm going to go Sunday when the weather's good. I'm going to go check my traps. I'm going to fly around. I don't have anyone else to go with, so I'm going on by myself. I might take a kid. I might take my wife. I'm going to bring a bunch of gas. I have tools. I have two negative 60 sleeping bags and a tent and an axe and a shovel if we get stuck. If we have to build a cabin and start the whole forest and fire to stay alive till someone picks this up. You're totally relying on yourself. And I just love it, man. It's raw. It's the real deal. And it's especially trapping. Trapping's hard ass work, dude. Even with an airplane, I, I work my balls off to maybe lose $2,000 every year. You know, like last year I sold a bunch, bunch of, yeah, shit, dude. It's so expensive traffic on an airplane, but it allows you to be successful. Right. You trap one drainage with a snow machine, which in Alaska, that's a snowmobile for people in Idaho. They call it a snow machine in Alaska. And you trap 30 miles of a drainage. Well, I'll put one set up here at 30 miles. I'll rip down 30 miles to the end of this creek and I'll put another one. And then I'll fly 30 miles to another drainage. Right. And then I'll put a couple more there and then I'll go to another drainage. So I got all these different things going. Um, and trapping an airplane is very difficult, expensive, time consuming. Weather's tough. Well, you're successful if you can cover a lot of area you know what i mean heck
0: yeah man if you guys are into shooting the copper bullets man i got a great deal for you we have partnered with barnes bullets they are world famous known for that Vortex rifle the deadliest most accurate hunting loads on the planet i like this company guys because i have a personal connection to these guys on uh, down in central utah uh, my dad's got this ranch, and uh, on the way to the ranch, you drive past this uh, Barnes Bullets factory, and it's it's a really cool building, just kind of out in the middle of nowhere. So I know them well. These all-copper bullets provide destructive power, double diameter expansion, maximum weight retention, and devastating energy transfer, all with excellent accuracy. It's a great choice for Western big game-, game hunters and shooters everywhere. So check them out at BarnesBullets.com and let me know what you guys think. I appreciate it. You've heard my Silencer Central ads, I'm sure. And I don't know if you have reached out and contacted them yet. If you're interested in a Silencer, though, man, this is the way to go. Silencer Central from the start to finish, because it's quite the process. If you've never gotten a suppressor for one of your rifles, you've got to go through and do the ATF paperwork and the background checks and all that kind of stuff. But the cool part is, is Silencer Central takes care of it all it's a several month process and so what's cool about it is if you don't want to drop all that money right at the top uh end of this whole process you just get a hold of them and you can do like a payment plan while they're taking care of all the paperwork on the back end i have the banish 30 uh and this thing is awesome i've never used one of these before so i'm like learning as as i go along but what I what I was getting at is from start to finish, Silencer Central has been some of the most amazing people I've ever worked with through the process. They treated me like I was family, and I really appreciated it. You guys should check them out, and you can call them at 866-891-4494 or check it out at silencercentral.com. It will be worth your time, I promise. Well, I got a question for you, man. So, like, he, so I homestead, right? And and our yep. prior to where we live now, now we have an actual house. Like, I feel like a civilized human being. Okay, um, for the last two years, we had. I'm sure you remember where Clark Fork, Idaho, is.
1: We yeah 100, 100.
0: We had, we had a little homestead going on over there where we were living in a fifth wheel and like weather was a big deal. I I watched the weather like a hawk. I I was just like obsessed with the weather reports going on, blah, blah, blah. And I can't tell you how many times the, I I wanted to blacken the eye of the weatherman and, and and just like, I I don't understand. And I'm not, I'm no meteorologist, right? I'm, I'm not a weatherman. But I don't understand how somebody could be so wildly inaccurate with their job and still have a job. So my question to you is where it's even more critical, because my, I watched weather to make sure I wanted to know if, if I was going to get frost on the garden. I wanted to know if I was going to have to be, spend the next day plowing the, the driveway. I wanted to know all these things. And how much propane did I need? Uh, all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like life or death for you in a plane. How has it does it happen where you get like surprised by the weather where you where you see one thing and then it's like completely different by the time you get up in the
1: sky? Um I only had that happen once. I had to spend the night a couple couple nights in uh on the Alaska Peninsula on the Beaver. It just got so bad if I continued, I was pretty sure I was gonna die die because I couldn't see anything. It was like quarter mile visibility. Um, uh, but especially now, like older days, it's already getting a so dude. I really hate to turn bush pilot. The real bush pilots are dead or they're like 85, 90 years old. A yeah. couple still hanging around. Those guys paved the way to Alaska. They broke shit. They figured out the weather, how to deal with stuff. Now we have phones. I mean, I can check the weather. If I have service flying, I can, I can, if I don't have service, I'll in reach my wife say, Hey, look at the weather cameras. It's so-and-so village. How's it look? What's the wind doing? What's the ceiling? There's so many different options to stay safe. Um, people still die up here every year. I've had multiple people that I know die this year. Some mechanical, some weather, some pilot air. Um, and weather is still a really big factor for yeah. people because they get to the situation they can't get out of. But we have a ton of weather sources. I have a, a like an app section in my phone that's just aviation weather. It's got nine different apps on it. And I look at the weather like a crackhead, especially in the summer or in the winter, excuse me, because I'm looking at the temperatures and looking at the snowfall, see if I can track and find new places to trap and different things like that. See if I can find wolf tracks to go set some snares on a moose kill or something. Um, and right now, like I told you before, it's like 40 degrees raining, so our snow is leaving very uh, quickly. That's, that's literally it's what the, we are, too. So, Yeah. It's depressing. But yeah, there's a lot of weather resources out there. Uh, you can still get yourself in the bind. I got some hairy shit last year uh, going sheep rotting up in the smoke. Don't have a lot of experience with smoke, and it's very unpredictable. And you read about oh, it. Oh, yeah. And I didn't you even think about that. And you're trying to slice the smoke, and it's, oh, I can see a mile, and all of a sudden, like, I can't see shit. And I can't see down, I can't see up, and I'm basically in the clouds. And that's not a good place to be, and I had to get the hell out, like, right now. So, um, wow,
0: yeah. man. It can happen quick. Gosh, I just, like, that's, it just sounds so. I love the, um, the thought I, for some reason I, and I've, I, you obviously, if you do what you do, Adam, you've got to have this. I get somewhat of a thrill out of the risk of all that. And it, it just like excites me. It's it's like why I joined the Marines and stuff like that, you know, and not just the Marines. I joined the infantry, you know, we're jumping out of helicopters and, and doing all sorts of crazy shit. So I, I just like that kind of stuff. It just excites me. Do you? Does it ever get old or is it always exciting being like, I know you said, oh, you know, there's no real bush pilots left, but you're you're like, for our generation, I would call you a pretty solidified expert bush pilot in Alaska. Does that ever get old?
1: Not really, dude. You know, like I said, I make pretty good money. My wife makes pretty good money. I got really healthy kids don't have a job and I can leave and go hunting or fly whenever I want to. And I caught my first Wolverine in here the other day and I texted my wife I'm like this is a really pretty Wolverine. I said this is badass. Now I kick ass time out here by myself. I don't think this will ever get old. And she's like, no, it won't. So to answer the question, no, it's it's freaking awesome. Um I love it. And that's why I do it. And yeah, there's a ton of risk. I land a lot of places um and I'm sitting there and I put my hand out, like extending my arm and I'm sitting there shaking, like vibrating and I'm just like Oh, I bet. That's why I do. Yeah, I mean, there's a risk that you may crash this airplane, and I'm running places. No one's ever going to come pick me up because I'm like, if you crashed (laughs) in there, it's got to be a shitty spot because I'm not going in there. It's steep. It's nasty. It's giant holes with tundra and stuff. It's soft and swampy. There's standing water um, or all the above, and I'm like, I can make it work, you know? Yeah. It's calculated risk if you take it, but um, I'm really – precise and how i fly i hold myself to an extreme standard i get irate if it doesn't go exactly how i planned. i'm my own worst critic by far but i think what really helps me is i don't just go fly an airplane to fly like oh jim you want to go burn some gas like no that's that's retarded why would you do that i go and i'm gonna go yeah but i'm gonna go and it's always proficiency So I'm always trying to do the shortest takeoff, the shortest landing. So I know how the airplane operates in these environmental conditions with this load, um, different things like that. Let's go find places I can land for moose. Let's go see if there's any moose around said places. Let's go look for a moose shed. Um, Let me just go get tuned up before sheep season because sheep season is really technical, and sometimes you're flying at higher altitudes and the airplane will not perform nearly as well as it does where I live at sea level, pretty much. Um, So let's go work on. 50 landings today. And let's just go bounce the tires in multiple different spots to make it muscle memory that this machine and I, we are working together in harmony perfectly and I'm ready for whatever hunting season throws at me. So all my flying is mission driven. I don't just go around and just say, Hey, you just want to go burn some gas today. It's very, very focused.
0: Fuck man. This is so fascinating to me. It really is. I, I just, I always think about, you know, like the life that I live, Okay, I, and and you're gonna laugh at this, but I'm like an, I'm like forty five minutes to an hour from the closest like convenience of of like a Walmart or something. Okay, so I think I I live way out in sticks. And, and, and then so I, and then I look at like, you know, I, I know people, I've got family, they live in these big city or urban environments where, you know, they can order Uber Eats and all these things. And I, I think that, man, I am just like a fucking mountain man at where I live. I have bears killing my chickens. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and I, I, I think I'm so rustic and, and, and wild and, and free and, and away and in the sticks and all that kind of stuff. Dude, w- when I talk to you, your, your life is like, Times ten, of of what I'm doing, and so it's exciting and and I I love I love to one of the biggest things I like talking to you about man is a you're you're authentic as all get out I I always I you're not afraid to say what you what you think and what's on your mind and and you're just an authentic dude and you could see it whether I, people follow you on Instagram which by the way folks uh, is at grenda eighty nine that'll be in the show notes. But whether whether somebody's just following you on Instagram or they're they've, they're watching the Stuck in the Rut videos, which are excellent, uh, or or they're um they hear you on a podcast or whatever, you're like the same dude every time, and it's it's just like you're the same authentic dude. You're just a solidified hunter that that any hunter would look at and respect, uh, and, and so it's just it, that's really what it is. So so I want to transition from that. I want to talk about. You mentioned before I hit record the dick bone movement and we talked about the dick bone last time you were on the show. But I think that it's like it's transformed into maybe what you're referring to as a movement or a uh, uh, something else other than I think back then it was like you were just kind of doing really good. You know, you'd make these dick bones And, and it was like fun, right? And not in like a gay way. And so. What is the dick bone it's, movement?
1: Yeah, it's it's become a lot more than just selling cock. I'll tell you that. Okay, <laughs> um, for for people who don't know, the dick bone is also the technical term of the baculum, and it's a penis bone found in. I, there's probably a lot more, but as far as I know, uh, raccoons, Martin, mink, all the muskled weasel family, Wolverine. I get a lot of those. Wolf, coyote, fox, bear. Oh, dude i'm probably missing some right and so oh see i, I did not
0: know bears had him
1: Intr- uh, anyway oh, sorry yeah. yeah dude yeah i'll get back into the bear dick problems here in a minute um but long story short i told this a lot because it's just a cool story my buddy was just down here uh he came out to visit me a little bit flying around do some trapping and shit the weather sucked but uh down here i killed a bunch of wolves we all skinned him. Um, he skinned one for me. He didn't have a ton of experience. So he was like really careful around the like the, the ears and the cartilage and the tail, you know, just like leaving a bunch of meat and stuff on there. So I pulled this wolf out of the freezer. And a month later, I put it on the board, and I'm flushing it on the beam. And like on the knife down, I pulled something hard. I'm like, that's weird. And I reached down. I'm like, think he's got like a boner. And I'm like, I didn't know Wolf had a dick. I know Bear's <laughs> had him before, but never never played a thick. Not my thing. No judgment if you did never played with him. And uh so I cut this thing out. Put it on Instagram, right? It's a joke. Total joke. Just being yeah, a yeah. sick bastard. I remember that. I, I remember when you
0: posted that.
1: Instagram's fake, dude. It's just all freaking bullshit reality and I try to be real on there When people meet me, it's like, oh, there's hope. There's actually real people in the world. Aren't fake it's hell when you meet them. Um, but it was total joke, just a gag, right? And yeah. I put it on them, I'm you like, sick bastard wants to bid on this. And like within an hour, I had a, a bid from Buddy for like a hundred five bucks, but I had a bunch of bids of like eighty or ninety or a hundred, right? So it wasn't just a one-off. And huh. so I sold a dick, a five-inch bone that's about a quarter inch. Or quarter inch by quarter inch, about five inches. Five and a quarter, anything over that, you're talking Boone and Crockett. Okay, that's a club right there. Any, and, wait, wait, wait. Um, you,
0: you cut out when you said that. Anything over what would be like a Boone and Crockett? Anything
1: over five and a quarter is like a Boone and Crockett. Oh, gotcha. Okay, wow. Okay, that's a hog, you know. And uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. So then okay. I make a reel because I had a bunch of wolves. I had trapped a bunch of wolves, dude. I had a bunch, my whole back storage shed was full of wolf bodies. And I just made it real. I said, you know, I'm not gay. hundred bucks, a hundred bucks. And if you sick bastards want a dick, I'll go out and whack some dicks off right now for you guys. And I said it just like that. I said it with a perfectly straight face. And lo and behold, holy shit, dude, the dick bone movement's really taken off. Um, I don't know if you heard, but I got invited to a pretty special Christmas party. Yes, you uh, did. I did hear. Yeah, you know, my buddies at Field Ethos, I've been talking to those guys. Um, they invited me down, and uh, I brought a pocket full of dicks in my blazer. Met Donald Trump Jr., freaking stud. Almost met the president, his dad. I was so close to giving him a dick bone. And uh, Don Jr.'s girlfriend, uh, Kimberly, they threw a hell of a party. I gave each of them a brown bear dick bone. And I have a picture with them, um, with me and Tana sitting there. Tana's wearing like a wolf overcoat shawl. Yeah, I, s- I saw the post, I had a yeah. Pocket, oh, pocket full of, I had a pocket full of dick bones. I'm like, dude talk about representing Alaska, a couple brown bear.
0: Dicks wait, wait, wait. Belt, your wait, wait. I, I got to ask. Okay. Okay. You're like in the same building as, as the former president, you know, possibly the next president. You got in that building with a pocket full of dick bones and like the secret service didn't say anything. Yeah. Um, Oh, I they did I'm
1: kind of no, I don't think Secret Service knew I had a pocket full of uh, dicks or anything like that. Kind of, <laughs> it's kind of unknown and it's kind of a gray area. Like, is it a martial arts weapon or is it just an ancient artifact or is it like a gag gift? No one really knows, right? It can be like, I'll sell you a dick and it can be what you need it to be. But we went to a gated community. It was super cool. Had a great party. Don's like super badass. We're just talking about sheep hunting the whole time. Yeah, and yeah. And then he's like, hey, my, dad, my dad's coming. You want to meet him? I'm like, well. Fuck, dude, yeah. And uh, I was really close, and then Secret Service came, and then, like, everyone was rushing up to the door when the president was showing up, and then I didn't get the chance to do it. Um, oh, and uh, almost. Oh, um, That's cool, man. I, I, I didn't know that. So, yeah, I would be retired, dude. Oh, man, yeah. you'd be
0: retired. I just, I, I, I want to point out, I want to point out, like, never on any podcast, I believe, I believe, has the sentence... The Secret Service didn't know I had a pocket full of dicks Ben, on any other podcast. I, you can only find that here on the Western Huntsman podcast when I have my pal Adam Grinda on.
1: What, what, yeah, and what you- for the Secret Service or anyone who's listening, it's totally a joke. These are just like small toothpick sized little wiener bones. Yeah, They're not going to hurt anyone. And I gave the president's son and his girlfriend some brown bear ones. Because it's like a cool gag gift. A lot of people give them to their buddy, put it on their desk, you know, and it's just like, what's that? I'm like, oh, pick it up. And it's like, here you go. You so, know, kind so, of freaks people out. Yeah.
0: Uh, man, that, that, this has got to be good, one of the coolest stories. Okay, yeah, keep going, keep going.
1: Yeah. So the other day, my wife comes down, and I'm literally skinning the Wolverine, pulling the dick out of it, right? Because it's a male, and you gotta you got to harvest that dick. And uh, <laughs> well, that's all weird. Right. She's like hanging out, like hanging on me. I'm like, dude, I'm freaking like, you need a, you need a piece of plumber here or can you wait? I'm like, you freaking horny? And she's like, no. And I'm like, why is that all weird? And finally she stands back and like, I'm, I think we're pretty similar in this. And she's like, I've been freaking standing here for five minutes. So she like, looks down at her can and she's wearing a shirt that says dick Phone king. And I'm like, where the
0: fuck did you get that? Yeah.
1: It was insane. And I just kept saying that. Where'd you get that? She made me shirts for Valentine's day. Love of my life. She's an awesome gal. She and is. I man. Started,
0: like she is an awesome gal today.
1: Yeah. And I had a picture of my face holding brown bear, Dick bone, the same Dick bone I gave Trump junior. And it was the bear that Tom shot nine foot eight brown bear. I cut the dick out. and I said, can I have this? He's like, Adam, you can have it. And uh, I have a picture <laughs> of my face on there. It says Dick bone King. It's awesome, and now I'm getting shirts made, and I'm gonna to have to come up with a link. I'm gonna to have to get security. It's gonna be a whole thing, dude. But it I will get you one.
0: Man, I'd love to have yeah. one, dude. I will sport that, dude. I so I like have to meet with like architects and and stuff like that. I will go sit in in their conference room with that Dick Bone T-shirt. I like I think it is it is so cool because of the history and the and the story behind it. And I want to comment on on your wife. You mentioned how cool your wife is. She is. She's freaking badass, man. Like she's super supportive and you support her and you guys have this great connection where and and she's bringing like ladies up and teaching about the wilds of Alaska and and you're going like I just sometimes I get envious of your guys's lifestyle because my wife would would love that. M- my problem is, man i I don't want to deal with the winners in Alaska, but it sounds like they're not that bad. Um, with with what you're doing now, and so
1: um, it's rough. I it's, mean, yeah, it, my wife dude, dude, girls, get, my, my wife takes these girls out, yeah, you know, she, and she I she gotta be a the superhero, and I gotta go, I gotta go, drop them pizza and ice cream, and throw it out of the airplane window so these girls can catch it. And you know what's so hard? Like <laughs> but last but they're year, out there on their own in
0: the wild with the grizzlies and with the brown. You know, you know it's it's crazy.
1: Yeah, but I dropped them fresh pizza, and I dropped one of those Yeti loadout boxes, uh-huh. and I threw it out of an airplane, and I had it full of Skittles, and I said, "Ladies, case the rainbow, XO XO, love dick Bone. And do you know how many puddings I saw for that? Zero. I didn't get flashed not once. once,
0: huh? For pizza, that's a crime. And isn't that, like, brutal. illegal in the state of Alaska? There's got to be a law against that. You should have saw some.
1: Yeah. If so, a pizza comes flying out of your airplane at, at your face, and you get fresh pizza in the backcountry of Alaska, mandatory.
0: Mandatory. Boobies, boobies, man. That's, that's, yeah. that's what happens. So I I, I, wonder so I
1: if I... I, I someone's gonna feel sorry for me but i just had to get that in
0: there <laughs> well that's that's what i'm here for brother if you need to if you need to release some some anger you know i'm here for you but i i'm because I'm, i scroll back down to where this t-shirt is with uh your wife uh oh i think i turned the audio on people could probably hear it let me close that out shit man how do i do that okay there we go um the, so you had the t-shirts made and and you guys have like, like is that your call sign when you're uh, on the, what what do they, okay, you're going to think I'm an idiot, dude. What do they call it in the plane? Is it just a radio or do you guys like call it CB
1: radio? Or no, it's a, just a radio. Do you have like I a call sign? I mean, call, my call sign would be Dickbone right? But I don't have, yeah I'm usually doing all this stuff on myself. I don't have buddies I fly with or anything. I'm usually, my buddy just came down, but. Out of the three hundred to three hundred and fifty hours a year, maybe four hundred I'll fly with a wingman, maybe twenty of those. Maybe.
0: That's so the
1: most.
0: B- uh, oh oh go ahead. I cut you off there. Sorry, brother.
1: No, that's it. So yeah, my handle would be Dickbone, you know, similar to similar like Top Gun with Maverick and Viper and Goose. Uh yeah, Dickbone, how's the weather up there? Dickbone, you see any moose uh, <laughs> yet? Yeah. you need to start, start an Instagram. Nice
0: start an Instagram with uh at Dickbone. Um, going back to this party you went to, because I was blown away, man, you posted a picture that you were at this party and I saw Don Jr. and all these, all these guys there, all these people there that, uh, like, I was like, man, Adam is like rubbing elbows with some, and you were on like Cody Rich's podcast recently. And I'm a huge fan of Cody's. I I love Cody Rich. Great guy. Um he just got uh, dude
1: 100 great man
0: humor. and I like if I if I ever feel like I need like deeper strategic advice whether it's entrepreneurial or hunting or or, or something like I always kind of How to
1: grow uh, 70 corn stash like Cody Fuck yeah,
0: yeah man I gravitate tor- towards Cody and his podcast The Rich Outdoors you know I gravitate towards that one because it's like it's like it's deeper meaning and knowledge and, and uh wisdom that comes out of it and i think i'm older than him but i feel like he's just got so much more wisdom for some reason
1: anyway yeah uh, i gotta i gotta mention something cody go, go for it and Ben, my buddy ben shed crazy they were both my main two guys said dude if anyone's gonna do it make the job quit your job worst case you go back to being a pilot in alaska it's the most secure job everyone's gonna need a pilot yeah. you know how to fly all kinds of things you're marketable Take the jump, and so I am forever grateful to Cody and Ben for that. Because a lot of people are telling me, "Dude, hold back, hold on to the reins. You don't need it. You got a wife, you got kids, you need security. Where's your paycheck going to come from? What are you going to do?" I know. You know? How
0: do we? How Cody do Cody and
1: Ben are like? Go for it,
0: man. That that is. I'm so glad you said that because uh, honestly, man, I told you, I've I've got my own company now. Uh, I'm kind of doing that thing, and and I'm like really chomping at the bit because it's winter and the type of work that my company does essentially shuts down for the winter so i i get i get a little bored uh but uh, you know a huge part of my decision was um listening to one of cody rich's podcasts and and uh he inspires people and, and you inspire people. And and I'm, I, I, what the nice thing about doing my podcast, Adam, is I could surround myself and become friends with people like you and Cody Bridge that that helped me kind of see things from a different perspective. Like, uh, here's an example, man. A- and again, I, I know I've told this story before on the podcast. So so bear with me, guys. But when I was when I was in high school, I'd always wanted to be a Marine. Right. Growing up when I was a kid, I'd always wanted to be a Marine. And but to do my due diligence, I checked out the other services. I checked out the Air Force. I I looked briefly at the Navy and I I looked at the uh, Army. Right. And the Army guy kind of had me convinced that I'd have this better future by joining the Army. But I was also talking to the Marine recruiter. Okay, so so. Roll with me with this because i and and by the way, when I tell this story i don't want any of you folks in the other services to ever get offended by this i'm not telling you an opinion or or trying to uh, create any kind of riff or or uh what do they call that uh we have this uh, rivalry right it's it's a fun rivalry and I'm keeping it a fun rivalry. I am just simply telling you what the facts were in my seventeen and a half year old mind. So back in the day, the recruiters would come to the high schools, and and they'd set up in the cafeterias. Yep. You remember that? Yep. And and yep. they'd set up their little booth, and we'd go talk to them or, or and whatnot. And so I had just talking to the Marine recruiter. This guy's name was Staff Sergeant Whitaker, and he was meaner than a fucking rattlesnake, and and uh, but also like a super inspiring guy, like like you and Cody Rich, right? Th- this is why I'm telling this story. So um, the Army guy one day sets up this table in our high school cafeteria and his name was like Sergeant or tech Sergeant Johnson or some shit, whatever army ranks are totally different than in the Marines. So I I don't know. Uh, and, And, and I'm talking to him and I liked him and he was a super nice guy. And all of a sudden the doors open to the cafeteria room and staff Sergeant Whitaker from the Marines walks in and he's in his dress blue uniforms Right. Walks over to me. He busts me talking to the army guy, the army recruiter. And again, reminder, I was just in talking to Staff Sergeant Rittiker like two days before this whole event took place. And he walks up to me and as loud as he can. So the whole cafeteria hears it, looks at me and says, what are you doing talking to this guy, Huntsman? I know you're not a pussy. Right. Again, I don't want any of my Army guys listening to this to be take offense to this. I'm just reporting what happened.
1: Yeah, it's not a dick bone, guys. Don't take it so hard. Yeah,
0: don't take it so hard. Just just relax, because I have a lot of respect for all services, and I'm not trying to create any kind of you know, angry hatred, riff or anything between the services. I've, I've been to a couple of wars. I understand the value of all of them, okay? I am just reporting to you as, as a 17-year-old kid what that did to me. He he didn't care who hurt him and he didn't care that the army guy was standing there. He didn't care if he offended me. That's what he said to me. And with it, by by the end of that week, I was enlisted in the Marines in the delayed entry program to go to boot camp the following year. Okay. So wh- what what I'm trying to highlight is is it was like this big influence, right? And these these big life altering influences. And and uh I, I just want to like point out, like Cody kinda had that same life altering influence on me to go out on my own and start my own company. Cause I'm sick of working for other people. And I feel like he's done that for a lot of people. And, and like, here you are for me, right. And, and yeah. like, like here you are, you're yeah. living your best life selling dick bone t-shirts part as part of your fucking entrepreneurship. And you're killing it, man. Like, what do you say to that?
1: Thank you, Cody. I mean, I asked him like, dude, what am I doing with my life? I got my dream job, I got my dream girl, I got kids, it's secure, I get two to three weeks off vacation, my wife lets me hunt whenever I want, I got a cool boss, he lets me do a lot, I just want to do more. And he's like, here's what happened. He's like, it happens to me all the time. Goalpost move. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, picture you're in football field, you get a goalpost, you're 50 yard line, you get it, and then you get to the 20, and then you're like, okay, I'm in the red zone. And he's like, well, the goalpost just moved, and now it's up in the stadium. He's like, that's good. You yeah. want to be Jason you Never, You never want to be comfortable. And I'm like, you know what, dude? You're fucking right, Cody. I have lost my balls working for the federal government. I have turned into a freaking pussy, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I just, I've become a worthless sack of shit who doesn't work hard, who came from North Dakota, who wanted to work hard, who got reprimanded for working hard, who said, hey, I haven't worked 40 hours this week. What do I do? They're like, well, you just need to, you need to show that you work 40 hours. And I didn't do shit. I sat in the motel room and I waited for the trainer to call me so we could go fly one hour of an eight hour day. I haven't worked eight hours. What am I supposed to do? I worked for you on my own salary, but I haven't done anything. Well, just, just show, they couldn't say, Hey, lie show that you uh, show that you worked eight hours. And you didn't do shit today and you were sitting on standby and I just lost all my sauce pretty much. Yeah. And Cody's like, dude, you're trying to, you're getting it back. Like this is you and your goalpost has moved. You thought this was it. This isn't it for you, bro. And he's like, it's probably going to move again. Happens to me all the time. And once I could see that and visualize, I'm like, dude, Cody's right. I'm here at the five yard line and I'm like, I go for this move. I'm not staring here. I'm not nobody's bitch. You know, I'm going to go out and do my own thing. I will bet on me, Jim, a thousand times over that I'm going to bet on the federal government taking care of me. Hundred percent,
0: right? I absolutely. I I don't know that I could agree with that anymore. And and it's just such a, you know, there there's there's this line from the movie Gettysburg, if there's any Civil War buffs out there, um, uh, that General Armistead says to General Longstreet, "It's amazing what one man and a cause can achieve," and and they're you know that's in a, in a uh, different context, but it, it really is, man, like. I, I and, and here's what people need to hear Adam because I I think that people close themselves off to being inspired by others right like dude you inspire me uh Cody rich inspires me my buddy Dirk Durham he inspires me you know cam Haynes he inspires me P- people that just do great things inspire me and and they yeah. inspire me in ways that I you know I've like never met a lot of these guys face-to-face, but I, I, the, the, the modern-day technology allows us to connect with people that we wouldn't have normally connected with in the past, and, and as much as I bitch about the, um, the, the, the negative connotations or, or results or uh, consequences of things like social media, it doesn't actually overtake some of the positive stuff that comes out of it, right? So like Cody rich, uh-huh. I, I would have never known about Cody rich if it weren't for social media. And so I I'm just saying like the, I, I think people need to understand that they need to have some self-awareness about what people can do to influence them to make their, their life consequentially more positive and, and, and understand that like, I I am one of those guys that thought that when I was in my forties, I'd be happy and content, making a decent living and living the American dream and paying my bills and having a good time, taking my vacation to go do some milk hunting and whatnot. And the thing is, is, is there's many of us out there. We, we get this fire built up in us where we are never content. We are not content. We're not content Punching a clock, we're not content just working the same routine job over and over again, or we're not content. Like in your case, you didn't want you would you didn't want to work for the federal government so that they had the say on on the destiny that you desired. You decided to create your own destiny,
1: and and they had a destiny. They had a, they had told me I had to get the job, or I wasn't. It was before it was get the job. Or you're not gonna fly. We want everyone to be vaccinated, just like Alaska Airlines crews. And I came home one day, and I was the last person to ever take it. Told my wife I'm going to get it. She's like, why? I'm like, I want to fly. And I walked out the door. She's like, sheep. And I think she called me a faggot when I got back. And I got the I got the I got the death. That tells you who my wife is. She's not a Democrat. If you haven't figured that out. Um, and uh, yeah, they forced that. They forced a lot of stuff on me, and I just didn't want any more control over my life to be had with someone else. I wanted to call the shots. And and
0: that's exactly it. And so many people, I think so many people go through their life and they get, they get to like retirement age and and beyond. And, and they're like, man, I wish I would have taken the step to do my own thing or, or control my own destiny or stand up for myself or make myself better. You, You know, like, like, here I am, 70 years old, and I'm, I'm way overweight, and I'm, I, I, I can't go into the backcountry to hunt elk anymore. But yet, nowadays, because of modern technology, they can get on Instagram and see that, like, my buddy Bob Twilliger can go out into the backcountry and still kill elk at that age and, and pull them out himself. You know, and so it's these choices and and I think that that's where I get really hung up on Adam and I don't know about you. I get really hung up on the fact that I never want to get to a point where I look back on my life and I have these major regrets. Do I regret things? Yeah, man. Uh, I, I, you know, I've. There was a time in my life I drank and drive. I regret the fuck out of that. Uh, I, there was a time in my life where I got really rowdy with some friends that we, we really could have gotten in some trouble. I, we were troublemakers. and We could have been in, in jail. And and I regret a lot of that because it, there, my moral compass was way different than it is today. And And I have those kind of things. But an overarching regret as to the path I determined my own life to take... I I will never be one of those people that I want to regret that. I I want to I want to be like people like Cody, like Adam Grinda, like like uh like Bob Twilliger. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's this badass guy down in um Colorado that is still out there on I'm horseback. Right. Yeah. He's still in there. He's guiding hunts. He's 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 in great fantastic shape. Uh, I, I don't know. Actually, I, I don't want to like, age him if he's listening to this. Don't get mad at me, Bob. I, I don't know that he's actually hit 70 yet. But if he is... He's a badass man. He's a freaking badass, and I've talked about him a bunch on this show. He's he he's been on the podcast. But my point is, is I I, I want to be like that. I don't ever want to look back and have regrets and think, man, I wish I would have listened to Adam Granda, or I would have I would have paid attention to the inspiration that Cody Rich offers on on his um, entrepreneurship kind of discussions, or 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 somebody else, you know, name 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 anybody else that can inspire a person. And and I never want to look back on that or, and, and regret it, man. And and I feel like that's one of the reasons you're so inspirational yourself is because, you know, you you make it sound like this little deal. Oh, you know, I grew up in Post Falls, Idaho, and I like to road hunt, uh, or, or or hunt from a truck or whatever.
1: And, How dare you assume I like
0: to ride for my? Dude, I I ain't gonna lie. I've rode hunted before, and um, but 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 I I wasn't implying that. I I mean, you know, hunt from the truck versus hunting from your your plane is what I. Uh, so allow I know me. Know. You I, it, I, did, I get yeah. excited. I get excited, brother. Bear with me. But um, well, I rode a hundred. I feel like you're you're one of those dudes that you like. You're not gonna regret stuff. You're not gonna get to an old age and regret shit. Your life. You you've adopted these kids. You've created this wonderful family in Alaska, and and you guys are just super tight. And you're doing all these crazy. You're killing giant grizzly bears. You're killing gi- or or I'm sorry, brown is it brown bears or grizzly bears? I don't know. Alaskans are weird. Out. Yeah 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 yeah. So. You're killing these giant moose, these, these doll sheep, you know, and, and flying into these spots to get them. I just feel like, like it's envy. I, I envy that. Like you're, you're never going to regret anything. Do you, what would you say to somebody who is like thinking about doing or living? Hey, hey man, before I ask you that, are you okay on time or am I keeping you too late? No, you're good. Uh, okay. J- just tell me, cause I, I can go long winded, man. So you just let me know. Um, what would what would you say, like to maybe a younger Adam Grinda, that that had maybe doubts or some self doubt, even maybe maybe they feel like they're not worthy of moving to Alaska and being a bush pilot or 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 whatever their dream might be, but a younger version of yourself? What would to you a think?
1: Twenty three year old kid. I just told us. I don't know if I got on the podcast or we were bullshitting before, but twenty three year old kid right me. He's like, "Dude, how do I do what you do?" And I. I wrote him back. I was on Instagram. I said, "What do you mean exactly?" And he's like, "You just live a killer life. You fly. That's badass." He's like, "I guide down in Montana." He's like, "I have no ties, no wife, no kids." He's like, "I'm ready to move. Alaska, like a killer, and everything." And so I sent him my two or three voice memos, you know, on Instagram. So we we'll make those for about a minute. And I said, "Dude, the biggest thing I'll tell you is there's there's a big difference between talking and doing. That's what my dad always said growing up. And there's a lot of guys that i am 'I'm gonna go be an entrepreneur.'" I'm going to take Cody Richards' course, and I'm going to quit my job, and no one actually acts on it, dude. It takes some balls to actually pull the trigger, and I feel like I'm, I've got some big balls, and even I struggle pulling the trigger, and I had a wife that was making money. It wasn't like I was the sole provider. She made a shitload of money, but I was just scared to leave my job because everyone likes comfort, right? I mean, let's be comfortable and, and know what's going to happen. Where are my next paychecks coming from? I don't know where my next paychecks coming from in six months, but I'll figure it out. You know, I'm betting on myself. Once again, and I told this kid, I'm like, dude, I don't have hardly any regrets in life. I've done a lot of dumb shit, and I'm lucky to be where I am. and pretty lucky to not just be in prison for being a dumbass. Um, And I I thank my beautiful life for that. And I said, but one regret I do have is not moving to Alaska sooner. It's like, you're young, you can get up here. And I said, airplane unlocks a lot of places, but... You know, you kind of got to start young. If you're going to be good and really good, you got to start young and you got to do it a lot. You got to go hard and fast in the flying thing. You got to get into it, immerse yourself into it, do it as a job and have it become a part of your body. Like it is all you want to do. And Alaska flying got its hooks in the knee and it just took over and it's all I want, you know. And now that I can buy that transportation, which is one of my favorite things in the world with my other favorite thing in the world is hunting and go whenever I want and take whoever I want. And don't have to ask for time off. Like, dude, I'm living my dream. And I get guys that tell me all the time, Man, you're living my dream. I'm like, no, dude, I'm living my dream. You may be jealous of this, but this is my dream. I planned this out. And I was the fat kid sitting on the shitter before Facebook and Instagram when you actually had to read a thing called a magazine, kids, and I would look at outdoor life and I'd look at shit in Alaska. I'm like, dude, that's badass, man. Yeah. That would be so you know what, that would be so cool, right? To fly a moose a moose a moose rack out on a wing strut. Well, this year I flew out too, and you know what they call that? We call that Wednesday. You know, it's great.
0: <laughs> Man, you make an excellent point, actually, uh, and and one that like if there's young listeners listening to this that that I'd I'd like to like kind of double up on. Um, y- you know, i mentioned earlier. I I I sometimes I, I'm envious of your lifestyle. But I'm not, I Adam, no offense, man, but I'm not that envious because like I, what I love is, is you're following your passion. Like I am not passionate. The The only thing I get passionate about when it comes to flying airplanes is, is the liberation it offers you, especially in a place like Alaska, it wouldn't be super beneficial to where I'm at now. Right. And so like, I, I, I love uh, what I'm envious of with you and not in a bad way in a good way uh it's inspirational i, I think that that should be uh, that, that's a better word than envious what's inspiring is you're living the life that you chose to live and i'm living the life that i chose to live and 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 that is is where i think people listening to this maybe the younger guys especially uh, younger folks might be a good key takeaway is is it's not you, you you know, you don't wanna go gr- you don't wanna grow up to be Adam Adam Grenda. You want to grow up to be whoever you are, but maybe Adam would be a really good inspiration and and, and mentor to that, right? Because y- you said you don't want to follow how did you put that, man? Now I'm like drawing a blank on it. I had one free freaking- yeah,
1: like you're living you're living my dream. And I'm like, no, this is my dream.
0: Yeah. Okay, plan- yeah, there you go. Living your dream. Yeah. Yes. Me- Yes. And so the point is, is, is allow someone like Adam to help you create your own dream because Adam's living his dream, not your dream. And, and man, I, I freaking love the way you put that. It's, it, that's, that's an amazing, uh, takeaway. I, I, and I, uh, that's what I'm always looking for with all of these episodes. I always want somebody to get, to get done with an episode and I don't always achieve this. But I really try to have everybody when the when the episode is over, they're like, "Man, I have this key takeaway. I, I've really learned something." Because you know, you and I, we usually yak for an hour or two, but but there's got to be some key takeaways, and and that, my friend, uh, you articulated perfectly. Um, I do have some. Uh, okay, we're on like this tangent, man. Going back to yeah,
1: maybe you want to switch topics. I just I'll end on that. Life's too short. I don't have a lot of regrets. I try and learn some stuff, but man, like take the jump and make the jump. I'm super grateful for Cody, for Ben, on all that stuff to put me in a position where I am now because I feel like I got fucking life by the balls, man. It's great. Yes, sir. And but my wife is a catalyst. I would be nowhere. I would be still be drinking my face off, you know, and waking up next to a fat chick, pissed drunk, um, <laughs> and keeps the light. If she didn't come along, and then she's the one that told me, she's like, "Why do not you just quit being a pussy and quit your job? You're always saying everyone needs to check their problems at the door, and you're being an asshole when you come home from work because you hate the park service now." So she cat she was the catalyst in all this. It's her fault. And here I am now, Dick Bone King, making shirts.
0: Isn't it amazing, man? Like, like a good wife. Like, like you don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be anywhere if it weren't for my wife. You know, she 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 is the one that she is like the catalyst that allows me to perform in life. Right. And, and so I, I that's, that's an important aspect of,
1: of it. So way to steal my vernacular there, Jim, did I still and come up with your own work? Yeah. Oh, I man. think She's the catalyst. You just copy me right off the bat, dude.
0: That's what I do, man. I'm okay, though
1: I'm here to plagiarize. It, it, um, it made you sound really good. Have you yeah. seen, have you seen,
0: listens. have you seen the cockbone t-shirt that I just came out with?
1: Um, motherfucker! <laughs> I will, I will sue your ass. Yeah.
0: No, no, it, it, but it's true, man. It's true. The, uh, for, for you young dudes listening out there, uh,
1: well, don't rush that choice. Don't man. rush that choice. If you find the right can, one. Yep. Yep. It's exponential. As you know, Maybe. it's exponential. If you get a good one, if you get a bad one, it's exponentially sour. How fast I, I you can wreck seen, your life and suck your soul.
0: I have seen great men fall to a sour wife. I and I don't and I say it that way because a I'm a man and I know I know you know that side of it, but I don't see it the other way around as much. Like I I just don't I don't see it the other way where like like women seem to be a little bit more independent. Like men rely on their wives. I feel like more than women rely on their husbands, if that makes sense. And I'm talking about from a perspective of pursuing your life's passions and creating your own destiny, you need the support of your wife. And so if you rush that decision, you make the wrong choice with, with the wrong woman. I'm ta- again, I'm talking to the young man out there. Uh, it could really fuck your future up. And so, so pay attention to that. Maybe we should do an episode on that sometime, but anyway, getting back to the dick bone thing, man. Um, you, you kind of sparked some questions when we're talking, you met, so you met Don jr. And you got to hang out with him over. Did you give him a dick bone by the way?
1: Yeah, I already told you I gave him his girlfriend
0: a dick bone. Oh, I thought you said, okay, hold on. Cause I, I remember that, you got to bear with me, man. I'm in the middle of a giant remodel and I feel like it's messing with my mind. And I don't, I don't remember shit. What's he like, like Don jr. What is, uh, like, like, tell me a little bit about that, a little bit more. I wanted to dig into that, and then we got
1: sidetracked. Just like me and you, just he could sit around a campfire and bullshit. Um, the guy from Field Ethos invited me. His wife got sick, so he couldn't go, and so I'm literally going to this party. I didn't know anyone. No, I knew, I knew one guy from Walther, and then I knew Aaron Davidson from Gunworks, and they they were there. Um, so I was talking to a few people, but it's weird rolling up to a house. It's weird rolling up to a house, and I looked at my wife. And I'm like. So we're definitely the poorest people here, like hundred percent. And she's like, Oh yeah, <laughs> right? And I am I am in a freaking blazer and jeans and cowboy but It's just like eighty five degrees in Florida, sweating my balls off. Was right? it was Conking it at Mar-a-Lago
0: deck. or was it somewhere else?
1: No, somewhere else. Um and uh top secret, bro. And uh not that top secret. But anyways, went. It was super cool. Um and eventually met Don, he's super busy, and I just asked him, I was like, he just he kept coming back to his bullshit about sheep hunting. He just loved talking about sheep and hunting in Alaska and cubs. And he's like, dude, I just love what you're doing. And I'm like, you know who the fuck I am? And he's like, oh, yeah, dude, I've watched all your stuff and your daughter's moose. And I'm just like, wow, that's pretty badass.
0: That's badass. But it gets man.
1: better, right? He's, then he's like, hey, do you want to meet my dad? A couple of times, like, hey, do you want to drink? And I don't drink anymore. I'm like, no, I appreciate that. Do you want a cigar? And I'm like, no. And I just look at Tanner when he like, walk away because he kept getting drugged away by people. Um, and I was like, dude, President's son's asking me if I want to drink multiple times and offer me cigars. Like, that's a humble dude, right? I yeah. mean,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: That's a really humble guy. Um, just Mr. Super Popular. He loves long range shooting. We talked about Cubs. We talked about Alaska, Canada. He's kids hunting, our kids hunting. Um, and I asked him, I was like, Don, do you know how many people here? He's like, dude, I know like five people here. And there's like 400. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I would much rather just like talk about hunting and stuff like that. He's like, I got to play politics and stuff like that and make the rounds. But he's like, I love just being a freaking bum in the mountains and hunting and just sleeping in the tent and hunting sheep. And that's my passion. So like we clicked really well. Um, and probably the best, one of the best compliments I've ever got is when he introduced me to Kimberly, his girlfriend later on, he's like, honey, I need you to meet this guy. And she's like, she's like looking at my beard and like fondles my beard. And uh, he's like, this is the man someday I aspire to be. Ultimate book pilot, hunter oh, of all things in Alaska. Yeah, he said, this is the man I aspire to be. I don't know if it's the booze talking, but dude, yeah. And if words of affirmation is your love language, like it is to me. I was like, holy shit, Don, you know, pretty cool no homo right yeah, and,
0: yeah, yeah no no. it's it's so cool man that's a big a deal cool dude man big deal yeah,
1: just that, a cool that's dude. a big deal
0: i i it's it's always interesting you know like thinking about we all know who don junior is right i i mean like just thinking about they always seem so not real or something you, you know because we see him on tv and we see him on on social media and and some of these folks are like like it just always seems so not real or or something. So it's interesting well, hearing somebody that's been there and met him in person. Maybe
1: this is how it is. Like when I get Instagram messages, like, Oh, I saw you at Costco in Anchorage. I didn't want to come say hi. Like first time I laid, I was on Don Jr. Like, Holy shit, that's Don Jr. And Taylor's like, yeah, we're in his fucking party. And I'm just like, yeah, but that's, that's the president's son, you know? Yeah. And, uh, like, I was like fan a little bit. And then you go talk to him. He's just like, Hey dude, how are you doing? Man, you should be kicking ass since I'm like, you know who I am, bro? Like, yeah, yeah. you've been freaking kicking ass. And we have a couple mutual friends here and there. And, uh, yeah, we're both just really into the same stuff and just cool. Super cool dude. Freaking we're probably going to some somewhere, somewhere down the road, you know?
0: Well, <laughs> Hey, I, I have to take the opportunity. Like because you're on my show, Adam, maybe Don Jr. I'll listen to this and I want Don Jr. to know you should come on the Western Huntsman and talk to me, brother. I- I'd love to have you. Yeah. How's how's he for a, a plug? Busy man, dude.
1: <laughs> I know. He's a busy he's a busy man. We just need Trump back in office. And uh if anything, dude, I would love Don to be president someday. I don't know if he will, but
0: uh with have, much
1: of a hunter he is. Does it he would have be like political aspirations? I don't know. I We try to not talk about that because I would much rather talk about hunting than politics. I don't know shit about politics, dude. And I think it was a breath of fresh air for him to just talk to me. Because most people there want to be political and stuff like that. But, I mean, dude, it was just wild, right? I met one dude. He's looking at my camera, little wolf coat and his shawl. He's like, oh, that's really cool. I'm like, hey, my name's Adam. What are you doing? Most people are super cool. There are a couple of really rich 2020 people there. But he's like, Oh, I'm an aviation. I said, Oh, I'm a pilot. What do you do? He's like, Oh, you're a pilot? I said, Yeah. And he's like calling me my hours and stuff. like oh, I got like seven thousand hours. He's like, You should come work for me. I'm like, What do you do? And he's like, Oh, we we uh we own some jets and uh we kind of have a private company and I'm like, Oh, what kind of jets? And he's like, Oh mostly citations, you know, we had a couple Gulfstreams. streams and like, sweet, I'm like, So how many like, you know, like a fleet of like six or eight? He's like, No, about a 102. and two. And I'm like, Holy shit, bud you got a hundred citations? I'm like, what is this business? And he's like, well, you basically it's an entry fee. And you pay your yearly entry fee, and you're a client of ours, and we'll, we'll we'll supply a jet and a corporate pilot take you anywhere in the world from pleasure or business. And I said, how much is business? And he's like, about two percent. And I said, okay. And I said, how much is the buy-in? He's like, hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, holy shit! Goddamn. So a person <laughs> gives yeah, a person gives you a hundred grand as a retainer, and then they just get you, and you basically use that hundred grand as like part of your and you just chip off that as you go to Morocco or Italy or Hong Kong or wherever you need to <laughs> go for yeah. 98% pleasure flights or whatever. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, look at your he's like, oh, I've got most all these people in this room. I'm just looking around and I'm just like, dude, this is like, I am Lil' Nemo here and I am in the big ocean now. Like, I am. Dude, I, I would feel so I got a I, dick I, to tell you. Yeah, yeah you, you got, got, got a, a dick bone to sell i <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got a dick. These guys, like, own hospitals and jets.
0: I would Crazy. be so out of place somewhere like that, man. Like I would be so out of place. And that's so funny. It's cool you got to go and yeah. rub yeah. elbows with Damn, injured, I got you
1: know? stand by just a second. I'm sorry. I gotta take this call real quick. It's important. All
0: right, guys. While he's taking that call, um, I want to get back to uh, what we were talking about. Um, because I, we're I'm recording this with Adam over the phone. You know, and so because we we tried Zoom, and it didn't work. But I wanted to get it back to like the inspirational thing and in doing your own thing, guys, and and just talk to you for a minute. Like, I'm not kidding you, man. If if you guys want to do something and create your own destiny and and go go start your own business and work for yourself, and you have an idea, you have you have an idea or you have like a. Um, a passion for something where you feel like you can create your own business and and create your own destiny and your own income where you're not reporting to anybody else. Believe me when I tell you it's not easy, but it's worth it. And, and if, if you are of that mindset, uh, go check out Cody Rich's podcast. Uh, it's called the rich outdoors and he does a really good mix of, between, like, hunting content to, uh, you know, elk hunting, whatever. All, all kind of hunting content. But he mixes that with, like, this entrepreneurship idea.
1: Uh, and, and I'm a big fan. I'm but... back. Yeah, I'm Oh, okay. you're back? Sorry okay. about that.
0: Sorry, I, ju- I, I just... I
1: you to do a bunch of editing. I just dropped a buddy off the airport and the flight got canceled. So I got to go get him here in a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I will give Cody a plug. I did the Rich Outdoors course. He's got an entrepreneurship yeah, me course at does. Cody- um and it's worth it dude it's a lot of good ideas and engagement interaction i'm still involved and i'm too busy to really be actively involved um but that is a really good resource of people who have all kinds of different ideas hey i have a side gig i want to cut i want to cut grass and mow lawns or hey i know shit about roofs i want to do some online consulting in the weekends and uh i would really i would highly advise to check that out that was that was another big part of my journey is to do that talk to other guys and I talked to their guys and I'm like, dude, I, I got a plan here. I got, I got shit kind of figured out compared to others. I think I can make this work, you know,
0: fucking it, it's, it's so great, man. I, I love hearing that. It, oh, and by the way, dude, don't lie to me. Was that Don jr. That called you when I had to go fill in a bunch of space there?
1: No, I just told you it was a girl <laughs> from the airlines. Like I, oh, girl I dropped my airlines. buddy off. I dropped my buddy off and the flight got canceled. And, uh, their phones don't work, so she said, "Hey, they're sitting here at the bar. Come pick up your friends." And they said, oh, "Okay, I'll be there in a minute when I'm off the phone." So, <laughs> all right, uh, brother. Well, I'll yeah, I'll let you get God. rolling
0: here. I feel like I feel like you know, Adam. We talked about doing this. I feel like we achieved kind of what what uh, my hope was out of it. And just you're always. I, I just love getting you on the show, man. I, I'd love to get you on
1: more often. In fact, but um, you know, it, it's- I like. It. I do a lot of. I do a lot of podcasts, but I feel like it'd be like the most real on yours. And I wish more people were, I'm not like on my high horse or whatever, but there's so many people I know personally and I see them on social media and I'm going to hunt expo. Are you going to be there this next week? Yeah, man.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to see oh. you. We're going to meet in person for the first time.
1: Okay. Yeah. No, I dude, Your memory's getting shit with your remodel. Oh yeah. I met you with the, no, uh, we, 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 the
0: F4WM. We hung out at the table. Yeah. God, I'm sorry, man. Steve do yeah. yeah, Steve Johnson. What you know? He got rid of his Facebook and his Instagram. So like, we text each other every once in a while. But I feel like, I feel like he moved a thousand miles away. I need him. Uh, I I need to connect with him again. But we got we got big plans for the spring. Are you coming to any of the F four WM banquets this year?
1: No, I'll be too busy. Hopefully trapping and killing shit up here. But I am going to the Sully Expo. I get there like uh, I'll probably show up at the Expo on noon Thursday. I'm working the all-in booth there thursday and saturday friday and sunday i'm gonna be walking around and shit but i'll link up with you there somewhere you got my number and yeah. uh yeah be good, good to bullshit there but yeah i just i wanted to end like i wish more people would be transparent and real don't show a fake side of you and then um you know when you meet people in public you're a total asshole you're a total bitch or you're an introvert or something like that yeah. so many people show yeah. the best side of themselves and i really i really try to show the shitty parts of life too. It'll end the good job of that. Yeah. Look at this ski. I hit a fucking rock today and bent my ski. So it's like, well, bummer way to go. Granddad. you know? Yeah. Whoops.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm I'm going to hit you up, man, down in salt Lake, because I'm going to put this episode out like right before this, this expo kicks off. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to hit you up. I'll be in the Eastman's, uh, slash cryptic booth, but I'll be wandering around yeah. a lot, and I, I'm going to come and see you, and I, I I just, you know, you, you're one of my favorite people, man. I, I just, I love getting you on the show. I love following you on Instagram, because I know what you're posting is real. It's authentic. It's not a bunch of freaking flutter-kicking bullshit that, like, isn't real, you know? And, and like, not only yeah. that, man, like, what I do is real, but I'm not nearly as effective in the field as you are. So you got this thing where like you're super real and you're also super fucking effective. And, and like, it's just, it's just fun. I, you're just an inspiring dude, man. So, and I just want to let you know that before we, we, uh, we kick this
1: really out. Know I mean? Yeah, I really appreciate it. It was, uh, it was a killer time and, uh, yeah, I will see you in Salt Lake. I need to actually get off the phone. I got to go find uh, my cleanest-looking flat bill and start working on my mullet. Cause, um, <laughs> you know, all those, all those Utah Toy Boys down there, we're coming for you, and we're going to show you what a man looks like. But, That's right, brother. Yeah, they all, their, they all have their buckle, girl jeans on, and their mullets, and the flat brim, but, you know, I make fun of everyone. So, All right, yeah, brother. Whatever.
0: We'll stick on the line. Um, and, and you got it. B- before we do that, tell everybody where they can find you online.
1: Oh, just Instagram. It's at grenda 89 You can put it in the show notes, but, um, yeah, I haven't, I don't have the link for the t-shirt yet. That's just kind of in the infant stage, but, um, yeah, I got like a Dick Bone Enterprises, a Dick Bone King, um, you know, we'll see. I'm thinking maybe, maybe some dick, I told Tana, what about some dick bone sweats right across the chick's ass as dick bone goes here? She's like, no. And I'm like, it might sell. You know, it probably would be. So, no, that would be a great idea. I, I, I know it. all my buddies would buy it. Right?
0: <laughs> I'd buy one for my wife, man. So, yeah, that's a great idea, man. So as soon as, so everybody listening, pay attention. The uh, the the Dick Bone attire, if if you will, will be available soon, and and there'll be some links. But if you just follow Adam uh, and on Instagram at Grinda89.com. or I always want to say dot com after that, man. I'm old school. <laughs> at grinda 89 uh, he'll keep you updated on all that information. So, Adam, I really appreciate you joining me, man. Always a pleasure. Uh, I know we're going to do it again, and I can't wait to meet you uh, again down there at the uh, the expo. There, we'll we'll have to uh, chit chat for a little bit, buddy.
1: Okay, looking forward to it, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, right, thanks again. Thanks
0: again. We'll see you. Ya. See
1: yeah. You
0: made it.